Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for joining me. And on this podcast, we're going to be talking stocks, crypto, ETFs, investment strategies, retirement. And my goal on here is to make investing simple and easier to understand so that everyone can take part in the financial freedom that we're all looking for. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about setting up a core portfolio. Uh, And also, we're going to be looking at crypto and how to get started, how to get invested in all of these. And uh, last time we were talking about uh, getting your brokerage account set up. Uh, You can set up a brokerage. Uh, If you don't have an IRA, you can certainly set up an IRA so that uh, your money is not taxed when you go to uh, take the money out at retirement. But uh, if you're starting a brokerage and you've already got an IRA set up or a 401k set up through your employer, um, a brokerage account would be the way to go. Uh, An IRA, uh, as a small business person, uh, I use a uh, what's called an SEP IRA, a self-employed person's IRA. Um, I know other people are going to use a traditional or a, uh, a Roth, but uh, I do not qualify for those. And uh, there are different limits for uh, a traditional, a Roth or a self-employed IRA. And uh, you can find those online or either from your, you can find them from your accountant or, or someone who's managing uh, your taxes. That way, you know, you're, you're following the right plans and getting the best benefit for you. I am not a tax professional, nor am I a financial invest, uh, financial advisor or financial professional, but, uh, definitely talk to someone that knows exactly what is right for your individual situation. Uh, but say you do have a, uh, a brokerage account and that's what you're going to be setting up. Um, and you already have, uh, your index fund or your ETF, as we talked about last time with about 10,000 in it. Um, now I would say if you really want to build, uh, onto some growth picks, that is, that's okay. A little speculative play here or there, or, uh, I would say to start building out your core, uh, companies that you want to invest in. Uh, and these are going to be where the majority of your money goes. And, Generally speaking, I like a portfolio to have about 20 to 40 different positions in it. Uh, That way you've you've got a bunch of different diversity to really um, soften the blows if one company goes down. Say, you know, you're you're holding Boeing, for example, that had destroyed me in in years past when the uh, their, their planes were having problems and then the company was having issues and they had engine failures, this, that, the other. If I was only in Boeing or if I had 20% of my money in Boeing, it would have hurt a lot. Uh, I mean, it hurt nonetheless, but thankfully I only had about 3% of my money in Boeing. And uh, I was easily able to manage that risk of not having too much in one pick. Because even Boeing, which is a a traditional blue chip, big company, can have problems. Um, So don't tie up all of your money into one play. I mean, that's generally the rule of thumb that I, that I like to go by. Uh, I don't, I don't particularly go heavy in any one position. Uh, I like to have my top 10 be pretty well, uh, split to where I have money across a couple different companies. 
Um, so when you're setting up a, a core portfolio position, you know, you're trying to not be all in tech or not be all in retail um, to kind of to break up the companies that you're looking for. So my thought is, uh, you know, pick one of all the different sectors and uh, split your money up pretty even. So some of these these companies, you know, you, you would have a tech, you would have banks, you'd have healthcare, uh, like a fintech. Um, you know, you can mix in some retails or consumer staples, um, defense companies, travel, entertainment, things like that, even industrials. Uh, so, you know, if I were to be setting up a core, a core portfolio, I'd be looking to add, you know, 10 companies like, say, Microsoft, JP Morgan, Johnson & Johnson, Visa, HD, uh, Home Depot, that is, PG, Procter & Gamble, PEP is PepsiCo, LMT, Lockheed Martin, DIS, Disney, HON, Honeywell. Those are 10 tickers, 10 names, 10 companies that I would feel comfortable investing in fairly blindly, you know, and not, not to say I set it and forget it. I'm never going to look at this, but these are companies that, you know, I would feel comfortable adding to monthly. And that's how I tend to add to my positions is I continue to add to them on a, on a regular basis to keep growing them uh, in order to build out these positions. And I add, a little bit here and there, but you can pretty much count on these companies returning a pretty regular growth. Plus, you're getting a, a dividend on this list from all of them except Disney right now. Uh, and on Disney's earnings report last night, their CEO said they do want to uh, reinstate that dividend once the economy stabilizes. Um but it's just not there yet. They, they had a blowout quarter, a great quarter. They were up something like 8% today. Uh, I feel comfortable buying more Disney. And, you know, I, I don't see any reason that any of these companies you can't add to fairly blindly and know that they're going to be doing better in years down the road. And that's the kind of companies that you want to add to uh, on a regular basis. You know, there's, there's other companies that are going to have more growth that you really have to look at the market. You have to look at the macro economy as to whether this stock is in in flavor of of the week or if it's not and uh you know those picks are going to be the ones that you really want to look at you know when am i buying this how am i uh you know putting my money into it um you know but as far as these core positions if you added to them you know monthly i don't see any reason why they would not work out for you um you know, whereas something like, uh, you know, Tesla, you, you might have to, to look, hey, is it a good buy right now or is it just a company I want to add to? Uh, you know, you definitely get more swings high and low with some of those names that we talked about that are, are going to be more growth. And that's fine. But you just got to know when to buy them. Uh, you don't want to just be throwing money blindly at some of the growth names or you will get burned. And with, uh, with having a core portfolio, you always know there's something to be buying. You know, you can you can look at them and say, hey, look, I'm up three percent. And that's fine. And you can you can buy pretty much throughout the year versus a Tesla where, you know, if it just had a 
20% run, it might not be time to buy it. It might be time to wait for it to drop to a range where you're more comfortable knowing, hey, I've got more upside than downside. And uh, and that's fine too. And we will always talk about uh, different stocks to buy and when to buy them based on what the market's doing, based on what that stock's doing and different uh, macro uh, economy uh, plays and, and things that are moving in the market. So those are um, some picks. You can certainly change them. Say, you know, you like Apple more than Microsoft, change it, you know, but this is a, a list of quality that, you know, you can change them out if, say, if you like MasterCard over Visa, that's fine. But you are going for quality in these top 10 conviction names that you want to add to all the time. And then you can build a portfolio around that. And, you know, like I said, change them out, work with them, but make sure you have companies that are quality. Their their cost is, their, their PE, their price earnings is low. They're, uh, you know, they don't have a ton of debt. They, they've got things going for them that you want to be in and you see them growing. You know, Procter & Gamble is a slow-growing company that, um, I mean, they're, they're a giant, but they're more slow-growing. You know, diapers and soap and things like that that people are always going to need, but, you know, they're, they're not going to be growing at an uh, unreasonable rate like some of the, the growth stocks will be. So certainly look at that when you're setting up your portfolio take your time look at different names and make sure you've got one of a, a bunch of different sectors to where you know you're not all in tech or you're not all in food stocks or retail and and make sure you're buying on conviction of i love this name i love where they're going or they're a staple in in the you know the economy people can't you know get around without a visa anymore or you know johnson and johnson you know they're ingrained in in our country. They're ingrained in our economy. And truth be told, some of the companies, you know, we would have a hard time living without or there would be a lot of adjustments if we didn't have these companies around. And that's the kind of companies that you want to build into your uh, your main holdings. You know, some of the problems that I had when I was starting out was uh, buying and holding. Um, like I bought Apple way back when, and, uh, you know, Apple's run up and it's split. I believe it was a one to four split or four to one split. And it was trading at, I think like one thirteen when I bought it and it, it dropped down into the nineties, I believe. And I panicked. Uh, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't have a great plan. I didn't have a, such a great outlook as the where to go with it. And I sold, well, actually it dropped down in the 90s and then it got back to like 110 and I sold it. I was like, I'm, I'm done with Apple. You know, I'm not a, a huge Apple supporter. I don't have an iPhone. Uh, you know, I either use a Google phone or Sam, Samsung phones. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm on Microsoft. So I, I didn't do my, my research. I didn't do my, my due, dil due diligence, as they say, in finding out what it was and it was it was trading cheap it was very cheap at the time the pe was low uh and that's how you're going to be valuing a lot of stocks is by their the pe the price earnings or the price to sales and you know it's much more expensive now but it's in in flavor so everyone loves it now and there's a lot of growth and there's a lot of good things around it 
and I own it. It's a, it's a core position for me. But at the time, I, I kind of panicked. I was like, you know, this stock isn't going anywhere. And there was a lot of talk about problems and Apple being spying on you, this, that, the other on your phones. And then uh, they were caught with the, the battery scandal where they were uh, limiting how long a battery was lasting. And I, I kind of got cold, you know cold feet. I said, you know, this isn't where I want to be. So I sold it. I sold my 10 shares or whatever. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of them things where you've got to know that a stock can drop. You know, just because Visa dropped 10, 10%, does that mean you sell it? Uh, not not if your original reason for buying it changed. You know, if you think more people are going to be using Visa in the next 10 years or you think that, you know, the they're going to be growing, then then no. You know, if, if they have the growth and they got the numbers and not everyone starts cutting up their visas, um, I say hold it. And that was a problem for me at the time. I panicked to sell a stock that I should have held on to because it wasn't performing in that four months as to where I wanted my money to go. Obviously, you know, we want it going up. But at the time, it wasn't doing that. So I panicked. And well, loosely panicked, I, I sold for a marginal loss, you know, something small. And then it proceeded to run up, you know, within four years, you know, last year it, it got up into the 400s. And, uh, you know, now that's when you regret your, your, your picks and, you know, you have to learn to live with them. You know, I, I then bought, I bought Apple back probably a year, 18 months after I had sold it the first time, um, but it's one of those things where you've got to know that stocks can go up. You're when you're buying it, you know you could see a run up of ten percent. You could see it go down ten percent. But you know if if you always time it perfect, you'd always be buying at the bottom, and you're never going to time it perfect. So if you see it go down ten percent, know that you want to uh, buy more. So. Uh, a strategy I like to use is dollar cost averaging. And like I said, that's buying a little bit every month. So if you got a thousand dollars and you want to buy Microsoft and you want to buy, you know, I mean, that gets you about three shares or three and a third share right now, you know, maybe buy one share a week or one share a month until you build up that position that you're looking to build up. Um, so then you're, you're spreading out, the highs and lows and granted you know the first time you buy it might be the low maybe maybe you should have bought all of it the first time or maybe you know week three or month three was the low and then over time you get a, a cost basis that is more in line with the fluctuations of the market um so that way you know hey i bought it but i'm planning to buy more next week next month and you can do the same thing with an index fund which will take some of the fluctuations out of the market and you're buying at an average over time. But in 10 years, if you think Visa or Microsoft or, uh, you know, Pepsi or anyone's going to be doing better, it's a solid bet on that company over time, not just, Hey, the next four months is, is going to be, you know, wonderful because it might not be, and they might have a bad quarter or we might have a pandemic or, you know, people might not be going out, to, to eat. So, you know, they're not drinking Pepsi or whatever when they go out and, you know, the, the flavor might change or something, you know, as to what's in, in style for that week. 
So take your buys, spread them out over time. And, you know, I say the same thing for crypto. You know, I'm talking crypto. Um, I'm on a couple different uh, buying platforms. I use Binance.us uh, and I use crypto.com. Um, you know, there's tons of them out there. These two have been working well for me. And the reason I buy or buy with two different uh, platforms is, well, I'm really doing my buying on Binance. And then I will transfer them to crypto to uh, stake my coins. So I'm, I'm buying Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, ADA, um, or VeChain on Binance. And then I'll put them onto uh, crypto.com because crypto.com has an earnings platform that will get you a good amount of interest on uh, uh, Bitcoin. I believe it's four and a half percent on uh, Ethereum. It's five and a half percent. And on some of the stable coins, you can get 10% on your money, which a lot of people don't understand or uh, think it's risky, this, that, the other. There, there are some risks involved in that. Um, but when you, when you stake your Ethereum, there's some risk involved in stable coins as far as the liquidity and how much they're actually, how much, how many dollars are actually backing these stable coins. That's kind of up in the air in the, in the crypto world. But when you're staking your coins, you know, you're getting paid daily on the amount of coins that you hold on the, on the crypto.com platform. So you can uh, take your, your crypto and earn interest on the money that you have uh, invested. So you have a, a flexible option, a one month or a three month option. And uh, the rates go up as the, the term uh, extends out. So when you, when you stake them, you cannot sell them. They are, they're yours. You will get them back when that lockup period is over and you get paid back in crypto. Um, so in cryptocurrency. So if you are holding Ethereum, you get, you know, five and a half percent per year um, for, for that coin. And it will be paid back in small uh, portions of, of Ethereum over, uh, I believe it's paid out weekly. So it accrues daily, but it's paid out weekly. It fluctuates. The interest does not fluctuate, but the amount that you're getting paid out fluctuates in that if Ethereum is 2000, you know, you're getting your five and a half percent at 2000. But if it goes up, you know, you're still getting paid that five and a half percent. It'll just look like it's more money, you know, as Ethereum runs up, how it has the past couple weeks since uh, the London hard fork, which is just some upgrades to Ethereum that's made it uh, a good bit better for uh, the users. Uh, maybe not so much for the miners, but, uh, you know, the users have definitely seen um, higher uh, prices for Ethereum and less cost for uh, less money goes towards the miners now. And they are burning some of the Ethereum tokens. So there's not as much supply. And oddly enough, Ethereum's gone up about 32%. And they are burning 32% of the supply as the transactions uh, occur. So 
it hasn't necessarily run up for no reason, uh, as a lot of people think. Oh, you know, Ethereum's gone up crazy in the past two weeks. It's gonna it's gonna fall. Um, it may, and it possibly will. You know, crypto is a very volatile asset. Uh, it does have its risks, but you can certainly make a good amount of money um, on crypto and staking your coins. You know, I mean, within, I think I've, I'm into my first almost full 90 day cycle and I've made about $350 on the coins that I've staked on uh, the crypto.com platform. And that's a mixture of Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, ETH, uh, Bitcoin is BTC. Uh, USDC, which is a stable coin, that one pays out 10%, and CRO, which is a, a crypto.com native token, that is their token that they issue to get you more rewards. Uh, and if you hold a certain amount of coins on there, it takes all your interest up, but you have to hold and stake the uh, CRO tokens. So that way you're you're getting higher rates if you decide to use a crypto.com uh, credit card or a debit card, you get cash or crypto back on all the purchases you make and you get some other benefits on there as well. You know, you can get free Netflix, free Spotify, uh, different different benefits to holding. I believe it's about 4000 CRO tokens right now. Um, so there are certainly better things and more options on Crypto.com. Uh, but there are higher fees when you're transferring money into and uh, it's I think it's a little bit slower to get money into the platform versus Binance. You know, you can deposit on a Sunday morning when crypto tends to be at its lowest because uh, a lot of the platforms don't allow uh, transfers over the weekend. You can buy with a credit card, but then you get hit with more fees. But Binance doesn't do that. They have some of the lowest fees for buying. Uh, and that's why I buy there and I, I hold them on Binance until I'm ready to swap them over to the crypto.com platform. And then I'm earning with uh, crypto.com and I have some coins on uh, Binance um, to where I could buy or sell uh, more coins and then swap them over when I, I get enough coins to stake. And that's just how I've been doing it. It's worked well for me. Um, you know, it's it's there's certainly tons of different platforms out there. Uh, we had talked about PayPal in the last episode and you do not hold the, the tokens. So when you have it on PayPal, if you want the cash, you have to sell it. And then you're getting taxed on it, where if you uh, were to transfer the money out from Binance to Crypto.com, there is no uh, tax because nothing was sold. Uh, so that's that's a little bit different there as well. Uh, so PayPal, you, you don't have a lot of the flexibility. You don't hold your keys. Um, you can't store them. You know, if I wanted to put them on my own personal digital wallet and keep it stored at my house or in a safe or wherever you want to store it, you could do that with Binance and Crypto.com. You just put it on a, what's kind of like a thumb drive. Uh, I believe it's called a ledger. I don't have one, but uh, I know a lot of people do that. And you can stake your coins in what is called cold storage to where they're not on a uh, a brokerage. So they're, they're you know, virtually 
you know, you, you can't lose them that way, short of losing the, the thumb drive that they would be on. You hold the keys. You can, you know, you, you won't lose them that way versus, you know, PayPal should, should PayPal or Binance or crypto.com be hacked. Sure. You could lose some money. Um, but being that you, you have the tokens, it, it is a better way to hold them as far as I'm concerned on, uh, on Binance or crypto.com. Um, there's a lot of different variables in it. Um, you know, if you certainly come across questions that you have on it, feel free to message me, uh, feel free to comment and, uh, you know, definitely look for some of the trends and watch for the volatility because crypto can burn you. It can go up 20, 30% in a week and it can do the same thing in the opposite direction. You know, but it, it's not a scam. It's not a fraud. You know, there's countries that are adopting it. There's there's corporations that are accepting it. There, there's going to be whole industries built around uh, smart contracts and, and NFTs and things like that that are going to revolutionize the way we, we transfer money and uh, documents and, and, you know, take out and uh, work on contracts. So there's, there's certainly a lot to learn out there. Crypto is an ever-changing space, um, you know, but I've been using those two. You could certainly check out my links on there. You know, you can definitely get some, some crypto money on there to play around with at uh, crypto.com, I know. And on Binance, you get uh, some trading fees off with, uh, with my link there. Um, there are other sites. Don't, don't feel like these are the only two because there certainly are options. Do your research, uh, BlockFi, Gemini, uh, Coinbase, Robinhood, which I'm not a huge fan of Robinhood for crypto either, but there are options out there. And, you know, some of them that do stocks and crypto. And if you want to have everything in one spot, there's there's certainly that option out there, too. Um, so definitely take a look into it. If you have questions on crypto, I'd be glad to help or take a look or see if we can't solve it together. And uh, thank you guys for listening uh, again. You know, I, I really appreciate the following. If you're still here, uh, thank you. Take care. Let's get out there and, and let it grow. Uh, together. Um, have a good one.